from Jordan-Hare Stadium to Auburn Arena. From the Plains to the recruiting trail and all points in between. If it's Auburn, we've got it covered. Did I say War Eagle? Or War Eagle. That's it? War Eagle. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast with Brandon Marcello. Hey everybody, I'm Brandon Marcello. I am joined by Keith Niebuhr. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast, a special podcast. I was wanting to record one earlier in the week, but we knew news would be coming uh, shortly after Monday morning happened when Kenny Dillingham left Auburn to become the offensive coordinator at Florida State. And then within minutes, we find out, hey, Chad Morris is the guy for Auburn. Uh, Probably just a matter of time before it's announced. So I didn't want to record a podcast and be like, hey, this might be happening. And then it happens within like 10 minutes after we release it. But now, here we are, we're recording this uh, on a Tuesday afternoon. Auburn has officially announced that Chad Morris, the former Arkansas head coach, former Clemson offensive coordinator, former SMU head coach, is now Auburn's offensive coordinator on Gus Malzahn, for under Gus Malzahn. The two are close friends. We're going to discuss this uh, plenty here, and I'm going to bring on Keith Niebuhr uh, with Auburn 24-7 Sports, our recruiting analyst who has run into Chad Morris over the years on the recruiting trail and has talked to him, obviously, because he was in Florida and Georgia quite a bit when he was at Clemson recruiting. And obviously, there were some close ties there between Chad and Gus Malzahn. Uh, Keith, a hire that uh, wasn't too surprising to really anybody, even the casual fan just thought it made sense, uh, considering how far back these two go. They go all the way back to their high school coaching days in Texas and Arkansas in the early 2000s. But uh, with Chad Morris coming on board, what does he bring uh, to Auburn, do you think? Well, you know, strictly from, we'll start with the recruiting standpoint, this is a guy that, let's be honest, he understands the dynamic of Auburn's footprint, recruiting footprint, because Clemson has a very similar one. Now they'll go, obviously, into the Carolinas, whereas Auburn's more in Alabama. But they've recruited a lot of the same areas, Florida, Big to both of those programs. Georgia, huge to both of those programs. So Chad gets it. He knows where Auburn's footprint is. And he actually told me a funny story once. He said, you know, when I was at Clemson, I told uh, I told Dabo Sweeney that, hey, I could go out to California and there's guys I can recruit there. And, you know, he was going on and on. And Dabo sat him down and said, listen, Chad, here's where we recruit, okay? <laughs> here's where we recruit. Here's where you're going to focus on. So, he, you know, the eyes were big when he was a younger assistant. And, and, but he got to quickly understand what the recruiting footprint needed to be for Clemson at that time. Because remember, that was a different Clemson than it is now. Now Clemson can recruit nationally, but back then they couldn't. So Chad got a quick, a quick grasp of that. And, and let's not forget, everybody knows that he signed Deshaun Watson at Clemson. Okay. But there's a lot more to the story than that, Brandon. He didn't just sign him. He's the guy that was the first to offer him. And it didn't happen when he was a junior or senior in high school. It happened the spring of his freshman season. So he played freshman year. He had played his freshman season. That next spring, Chad came in and was the first person. The Clemson became the first school to offer Deshaun Watson. And, you know, looking back, you say, oh, well, I mean, that's got to be a no-brainer, right? But that is pretty good evaluating foresight, right. I would say, right? I mean, let, let's be honest. you got to give a guy credit where credit is due. But uh, he, he offered him first. They got him committed as a sophomore. 
And then they had to hold on. They had to hold off multiple teams. Georgia came on late, and then Auburn did. And, uh, you know, funny story that, uh, you know, a lot of people may remember this. After Auburn played the national championship game, I think, in 2013, Deshaun Watson made a late surprise visit yep, yep. that was that everybody wanted to keep under wraps and somebody got it, let it out it might have been the the famous twitter war blog oh i can't recall but uh somebody put it out there that he was at, at auburn and uh the kid denied it and said that those reports were wrong and then he later had to apologize and say yes i was there well you know at that point clemson and they still don't they don't want their commits visiting other schools and they were very strict right. about this Brandon right and they actually thought that Dabo Sweeney thought about dropping Deshaun Watson over this okay and it wow. was Chad Morris that convinced Dabo um, uh, I'm not sure you want to do that coach <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> you might want to keep this guy now he was only with uh, with uh, with Deshaun one season at one, Clemson yeah. before taking yeah. the head coaching job at SMU but Chad's a very personable guy um, I ran into him many, many times on the recruiting trail, three straight playoff games of Deshaun Watson's back in high school or, or two or three, I think it was. And, uh, you know, really related to the kid, really was able to sell. Look, you got to be able to relate to these kids, but you have to be able to sell your vision of what your offense is going to look like if you're going to bring in a quarterback. Uh, another one of his quarterback signees was Chad Kelly. Now, Chad Kelly never materialized at Clemson for two reasons. One, because he had to compete against Deshaun Watson. But two, he got in trouble went to junior college and then later resurfaced at Ole Miss. And by the way, he was very good at Ole Miss. So two pretty good evaluations there, Chad Kelly and Deshaun Watson, two guys playing in the NFL. And that's two of, I think, the three quarterbacks that he signed at Clemson. So, um, I mean, how many quarterbacks are in the NFL? Not a lot of them, right? And then there's two of them right there, and both of them are in the NFL. One of them, quite frankly, is probably the greatest player in Clemson history and yeah. already a star in the NFL. And again, offering him as a ninth grader. But Chad's very personable. People like him on the trail. Now, look, I know what's been written and said about him at the time at Arkansas, but uh, recruits seem to like him. And in fact, I, Brandon, you follow Arkansas pretty closely. You know this. Uh, they were recruiting fine. Yeah. Uh, in fact, their, their recruiting had really picked up. Uh, so I think he can uh, he'll be a good evaluator of talent. I mean, you're never going to hit all 100% on quarterbacks. Um, uh, he'll be a guy that can sell his vision. He'll be a guy that can get along with those kids. Um, now, you know, the football part, you know, that's more for you to dissect, but I think it's, um, it's definitely an attention getting higher, but you know, look, a lot of the kids right now, they're going to have to get, they're going to have to learn more about Chad's history. It'll be up to Auburn and him to sell that past history. Cause a lot, if you're 17 years old now, what you know of is that he was just let go at Arkansas and then yeah. they, you know, they don't know, they don't really know the Clemson stuff. You have to tell them about it. And I'm sure they will. Yeah, you know that's that's the thing with Chad Morris is you know it's it's been five years since he was an offensive coordinator with Clemson, which is kind of when a lot of people lost track of him because SMU. I mean, you know, he had to get that program back on track. They won seven games, and then he got hired at Arkansas in the last two years at Arkansas. I mean, there's nowhere else to put it. We're just abysmal. He wasn't able to win an SEC game and. Um, as he was recruiting, though, and as you mentioned, though, on the recruiting trail, that you know their their last recruiting class, his first recruiting class, really under him, um, the, a lot of people up there considered it maybe their best recruiting class in the modern era uh, of internet, you know, uh, recruiting and keeping track of all that stuff, at least among people around that yeah. program. So, um, you know, Chad's a guy that. You know, I've only talked to him for like 20, 25 minutes before, and that was at the SEC spring meetings this past spring. And we're talking about his offensive philosophy and he and Gus and, 
you know, a lot of people know the background between him and Gus, and I'll go over it briefly. Uh, Gus, as everybody knows, was a high school coach in Northwest Arkansas, uh, really, really starting to, you know, blossom um, into a national name. Um, sorry, I'm responding to a text here. Um, anyway, so he was blossoming. Do you, do, you me, do you need me to talk for a minute? No, I'm good. Do you need me to, <laughs> no, you need me to yammer for a while before you? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm okay. I'm I'm good. Um, someone's <laughs> asked me a question. Uh, so um, anyway, Gus Malzahn was becoming a hot name. He wrote the Hurry Up No Huddle book, and it was really garnering a lot of attention. And Chad Morris was down in Texas and was in the shadow of Art Briles trying to res- resurrect, but keep on path uh, with that program there and and at Stephenville. And so uh, I think Chad Morris, as he put it, said there was for sale signs in his front yard, and he said, I got to do something. So he uh, heard about Gus Malzahn. A lot of high school coaches had heard about him all across the country because he was speaking. Gus was speaking at different clinics and everything about his hurry-up, no-huddle offense, running a two-minute offense during the entire game. It was like, what What are you doing? So he went up to Little Rock for a playoff game on his own dime, Chad Morris did, and pretty much just like waited outside waiting for the buses to pull up. And Gus Malzahn walked off, and Chad Morris introduced himself, and Gus kind of blew him off. Um, one, because it was playoff time, and two, Gus didn't trust him. He'd never seen the guy before. We know how Gus can be when he meets people for the first time and if they're coaches. Uh, as Gus puts it, he thought, hey, this is a guy who's trying to steal my offense. Maybe this is a competitor trying to help the other team. And so Chad Morris tried to meet up with him again. Similar situation, but this time Gus was like, hey, how about you give me a call later, blah, blah, blah. Long story short again, um, they finally agreed to meet but Chad Morris has to fly back up to Northwest Arkansas this time to Springdale and they sit down and Chad Morris and brings up a couple of his staff members from Stephenville and they just kind of hash it out and discuss things with Gus Malzahn for about a week in his offices in Springdale in January, 2004. And Chad pretty much took Gus's playbook, adapted it, adopted it and put it in place there in Texas. And he went on to win some state championships. I obviously coached some amazing quarterbacks, uh, during his couple of stints there on the high school level, not just at Stephenville, but um, and then as soon as that happened, Gus, you know, a couple of years later, got the Arkansas job as an OC, and then he went to Tulsa, and then when Tulsa came open, when Gus left, Chad Morris managed to get out of the high school ranks and become the Tulsa offensive coordinator, and from that point on, their their careers kind of ran parallel to each other. Gus went to Auburn, and then Chad left Tulsa to go to Clemson. And Gus told Dabo Sweeney at the time, back in 2011, that he would forever regret it if he did not hire Chad Morris as his offensive coordinator. Gus Malzahn uh, told me this. And sure enough, he comes in there, turns things around. They break like 100-something school records, both individual and you know uh, team records offensively, and really helps get that program going. I mean, there were a program that was on the precipice of what it is today, obviously. And he started getting that rolling a little bit, at least offensively. And, you know, a lot of people go, well, how much credit does he really deserve? Blah, blah, blah. But you can't doubt that Chad Morris really got things rolling offensively once he got there. And the rest is history. That's where we are to today. But he and Gus Malzahn have kind of been tied at the hip, really, for the better part of uh, 15 years now, um, because... Uh, Chad Morris said, hey, I'm going to take it upon myself and go see this Gus Malzahn guy everybody's talking about. Well, you know, here's the thing. I mean, I think you got to give him a ton of credit. I mean, he 
do they get Deshaun Watson if he's not there? And, um, I mean, that's <laughs> I yeah. mean, any good, any good coach will tell you it's, it's the players first and foremost, right? Well, you're talking about the greatest player in Clemson history right there. And it, who, by the way, went to high school in the backyard of the university of Georgia. Right. And, and if Clemson was maybe a little bit later to the trigger, maybe Gus Malzahn in his early stint at Auburn is able to make more of a, a significant play for Deshaun Watson. And he doesn't even end up at Clemson. And then the whole history of college football is, goes in a different tangent, goes in a different direction. But I, you know, I'll say this, I think everybody knows I'm a Chad guy. That's, that's pretty, you know, you know, but look, I mean, look what, what happened at Arkansas uh, clearly is something uh, that's going to leave a bad taste in his mouth, knowing him. And, um, you know, it, I, but I will say this, uh, the roster turnover that they had to do there was probably the, the closest thing I can yeah. compare to. That's probably what was going on, what's going on at Georgia Tech right now, too. Yes, yeah. Totally dissimilar offenses and recruits that didn't really, one, fit what you wanted to do. So it was always going to be a rebuilding project there. And the question is, did he get enough time? But also the other question is, did they – did they show enough improvement during the time he was there in Arkansas determined they had, and that's, that's certainly that school's prerogative. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think there's any question that the, the, the disappointment with the last two seasons was, was enormous there. Uh, but, you know, speaking back to Chad at Clemson, um, you know, the question I think a lot of people are going to say is, well, does his offense, can his offense be a success in the SEC? It wasn't at Arkansas. Did he have the guys? Probably not. You know, other SEC coaches, Brandon, I know you know them too. Uh, they basically told us that they don't the art the talent level at Arkansas is such no, that it was terrible. It, 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 terrible, yeah. So we don't know if it's going to work or not. Basically, you know, I mean, you don't you can't base it off that. Uh, the, but you know, the ACC from 2011 to 2014 certainly isn't the SEC. However, Brandon, you could argue that the SEC right now isn't what it was from 2011 to 2014, a defensive line driven league. Now right. we have these high octane offenses um, and a lot of passing, and it, it's it's kind of like more like the Big Twelve right now, or the ACC, uh, and, and that not in the talent sense, but in the sense of what we're seeing. From well, the that so, and that, you know, and so, just just look at the playoff. It's not just SEC that like the highest scoring you know offenses yeah. are in the playoff now. Things yeah. have changed. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. It's uh, it's interesting. So we'll see. You know, you're putting two guys together, and we don't know how it's going to work. They're good friends, Brandon. Uh, you know, I once quit a newspaper job, very good newspaper job, quit to go work for a friend. We wanted to kill each other after about three months, okay? <laughs> now we're friends again. It took a while to get back to that. So you just don't know that dynamic and how it's going to work. But I know Chad has a great respect for Gus, and he's told right. me that. And you speak, you've spoken to Chad and Gus, and you know that Gus has great respect for him. And, and that's a good starting point. Um, two guys that respect each other, because if you respect somebody, you're probably going to, you're probably going to listen to them a little bit more. You're going to value their opinion. And, and you're also, when a friend, when a friend critiques you, um, it's not always easy, but you know, it comes from a good place. And, uh, right. Right. And, and I, that could be good for both these guys. You know, yeah, when, you work, I agree. when you work with, when you work with strangers or guys that you may not have as much respect for them, you can hire people and not have as much respect for them as other guys you would hire. It, you, you know, it comes from a different place and you may not be as willing to listen. And um, so who knows? We'll see. I, I, I think I, well, we, we know that they're both excited. We both have confirmed that we, we know oh, they're sure. both excited about this. And, oh yeah. You know, that's a good be thing because, you know, listen, it is so rare to be able to just naturally have someone on your same wavelength 
um, when it comes to offensive philosophy, especially an offensive philosophy where, um, you know, more people are doing it now, but really they're, they're both doing the same thing now because Chad learned from Gus and then they traded notes the last 15 years about things they are adding to each other's offenses and vice versa. And as Gus Malzahn said in July uh, during an interview that was provided to me by a friend in, uh, at KNWA in, in Arkansas, they were talking to Gus one-on-one in July. And he said, listen, I know everybody's talking about Chad Morris and how I gave him advice back in way back in 2004, but Chad Morris has been giving me a lot of advice ever since then too. He's been helping me out a lot. And Gus Malzahn's, you know, made no secret about it. Even after uh, Chad was hired at Arkansas, you figure, hey, you have a rival in the SEC now. You're going to kind of stop talking. No, they talked almost pretty much every week still sharing notes uh, about, you know, opponents, especially when they were about to face an opponent that the other team had already faced. So these guys remained very close. They know how – they obviously have great communication. I mean, heck, at the SEC spring meetings – uh, Chad and Gus's families hung out together, and so did Chad and Gus uh, at night. Um, after meetings were over, they were hanging out uh, just like a extended family. Now, as you said, when you get into a work environment, that might get tested a little bit. Um, just ask Rhett Lashley, uh, who was at, at Auburn and is now at, at SMU. But I, I think more than anything, this is going to be something where they're going to be on the same wavelength, and you're not going to necessarily see... I don't know if the dissension is the right word, but I think you're going to see someone where they're going to be nodding. Yes. I, I know what you mean by that more so than what does he mean by that? Cause I think a lot of offensive coordinators under Gus Malzahn have been more or less in that, tr- in that part of the boat, so to speak, like, what does he mean by that? And, and why is he treating me this way? And this is the other thing. And you could probably speak more on this yourself, uh, Keith. Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch, um, Chad Morris work with Bo Nix and the quarterbacks because a lot of people will argue this is maybe the best quarterbacks coach that Auburn's had under Gus Malzahn. Well, yeah, and I can tell you, uh, I've already done some checking over the last two days. Chad thinks that he's the real deal. Now, he's got some work to do. He, he knows that uh, Bo's Bo, Bo, Bo Nix, you mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah Bo's not a finished product. Uh, Chad from you know talking to people about this situation knows that Bo isn't a finished product but likes the piece of clay loves the arm loves the the physical and the mental makeup and and thinks that, that there's definitely something there but you know going back to what you were saying about these guys being on the same wavelength uh, you know so if you hire somebody right now and you're just getting familiar with them and you can explain your philosophy to them you're it's going to take a while for that to sink in that was done between these two guys like you know basically 15 years ago. And so for 15 years, Chad has had an understanding of what Gus's end game is and why he does things and not just how, but the why. And, and consequently Gus understands the why and the how, how Chad operates too. So, you know, what their philosophies are, what they're trying to accomplish on offense. And again, I just feel like with you, when you have somebody whose uh, track record uh, mirrors yours, parallels yours, like you said, uh, then you can have that's somebody whose ideas are going to be probably going to mean more to you than some other people. Um, now, that's not a knock on the offensive coordinators Auburn's had, but Kenny Dillingham, who you and I both know, brilliant young guy. He really is a smart guy. I've never heard a bad thing about him, uh, especially as a football mind. Uh, Chip, well respected. Rhett, same thing, but. 
but it's a different situation with Chad because he's he's won the national title. He's or excuse me, he wasn't there when Clemson won it. I don't think was he. But he he helped build it. He helped put it together. He helped cultivate it and really turn that program around. And uh, it's just a, like you said, it's a mutual respect. It's going to be interesting to see. But again, Bo, I think is. You know, and, and maybe, you know, look, if, if Auburn doesn't have Bo Nix, maybe Chad Moore says, boy, do I really want to get into this situation? You yeah, know? it's very true because uh, isn't Texas's uh, OC job open right now? There's a few of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I yeah. saw a lot when this was announced. I just say that because I, I don't try, I try not to keep up with much of the national stuff as possible because I'm trying to stay as my head in the in on the ground here at Auburn. But I, I a lot of Texas fans were reacting to him. Uh, being hired at Auburn as if that he was maybe had a chance to go to Texas, which I had well, never heard. Well, one of the schools he worked at, and I, I, I don't know Texas's offensive situation. I did read a few weeks ago that they were the changes were coming, but quite, maybe that's quite, fr- quite frankly, you and I got busy and, and forgot about Texas. But you know, he did coach. <laughs> I think he coached at Lake Travis in Texas, correct? Right, correct. Yeah, and, and that is in the Austin area, and uh, and so he's again, his <laughs> he's very well respected down there, and and. Um, you know that that may open some doors for Auburn and Texas too. Now again, there's a lot of high, a lot of big colleges out there. There's a lot of programs that try to raid that state. But yeah, uh, it's basically let me put it this way: as and you spent a lot of time in Arkansas. You you grew up there, right? You went to you went to college there. You yeah. understand the people in that state and their respect for Gus Malzahn in that state. It's pretty high, right? I mean, yeah, it, right? it it's pretty high. But some of them have gotten a little. Uh, bitter because they well, he turned he turned him down and then also beats them yeah i mean hey, listen you know? the guy i mean gus is being inducted to the arkansas yeah. sports hall of fame the this march so yeah and it, uh, absolutely and it, well and in texas and my point was in texas a lot of people think of chad in those terms now it's Correct, a much bigger right. state obviously but he is kind of revered as a high school coach just as you know, our brows was I mean, really it's those three guys right yeah, <laughs> those are the things well, that, that, that talk about in that part of the country. Yeah, that's the thing. That's you know, not to go back to the Arkansas thing for Chad Morris. That's why I thought Chad Morris was going to work at Arkansas because their big recruiting bet is Texas. He knows Texas, and plus he's bringing in a different type of offense that uh, you know Arkansas hadn't really run since Bobby Petrino was there, and even that wasn't necessarily what he was running. That was more or less. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know. I would have liked to seen it, see you know, two or three years, but you know, it's it, that's just the nature of the beast these days. The schools, I mean, Willie Taggart, the same thing. They just don't feel like they have time. And you know, the irony of it is, is sometimes they will tell a coach that they're looking to hire, "Hey, this is a major rebuilding project. We understand that. We're going to give you time." And then two, three years in, they're already out of time, and and so the schools kind of uh, change their philosophy there, and. Uh, or, or, you know, what they said, the words changed. But, it, it, you know, it'd be, it would have been interesting to see what he did, but it didn't work out. And uh, I, I tell you, you know, those are humbling experiences for these guys. And oh, we, sure. we talk about buyouts and things like that. But these are these are guys that you don't get to be the head coach of the, an Auburn or an Arkansas. If you haven't been really successful at a lot of different stops. And so when when they fall, they fall hard and mentally or not mentally, emotionally. It's tough. I mean, you, yeah, you're cashing that big check, but you're also – you're also in the news. You're also on Twitter. Everybody's making fun of you. Everybody's telling you you failed. And and I think, uh, you know, they always want to get out there and redeem themselves as quickly as possible. I think this is probably uh, – this is one of the better opportunities, I think, for, that he could have imagined for. Yeah. We'll talk more about Chad Morris right after these messages. You know, it's a weird time, and I want to say it's a weird time in the SEC, but the SEC is reminding me a lot of the NFL right now, Keith, and I, I say that because of this. There's been a lot of recycled hires 
uh, in the SEC on the on the head coach level and coordinator and assistance level. Here's just some names that come off the top of my head. You got former Ole Miss coach Matt Luke, who was just fired. Now he's the Georgia offensive line coach. Georgia offensive line coach Sam Pittman is now the Arkansas head coach. Arkansas coach, former Arkansas coach Chad Morris is now Auburn's OC. Former Tennessee coach Lane Kiffin is now the head coach at Ole Miss. And former Georgia offensive coordinator Mike Bobo is now the offensive coordinator at South Carolina. I'm probably missing some people, but this has all happened here within the last like week. <laughs> well, well, I mean, Muschamp was the head coach at Florida. Now he's the head coach at right. South Carolina. Mullen's been the head coach at two SEC schools. Orgeron's been the head coach at two yes. SEC schools. I mean, Jimbo Fisher wasn't a head coach at two SEC schools, but he worked at multiple SEC schools. Yes, and now Putting he's the head coach at another. I mean, you're right. It is. Uh, it's. Uh, it is like that now, and you're seeing. You're just seeing guys pop up at different schools all the time. Some of these staffs, like Tennessee, it's a lot of guys that, that you the names are familiar from yeah. having coached at other SEC schools. I mean, I guess it's you know, part of it's recruiting. They understand how hard one it is to, to work and in, in recruit in the SEC, but also they understand the recruiting footprint and all that stuff. But they're all buddies. I mean, they, they, a lot of these guys hire their friends. I mean, and that's, uh, you know, Bobo and Will Muschamp, good yes, friends going absolutely. back decades, you know. And uh, Chad Morris and, and Gus Malzahn. I mean, if that's – if that's going to help you do your job being around people that make you comfortable, um, then, you know, why not? I guess. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was interesting. I mean, we, we know Orgeron and, and all that, but it, it's just like here in the last week, it's just like everybody's just trading coaches around, <laughs> uh, moving them around. And, but I, it kind of goes, it's like that on the national level now to a point where, what, what is it like every, uh, coach in the uh, playoff right now are coaches that were promoted to head coach within the program. They weren't hired from outside. Yeah, that's an interesting one, too, because it used to be. And really, I think Bob Stoops and Mark Richt uh, were two of the ones yeah. in the recent era yeah. that got people thinking, you know, maybe I don't have to go hire the guy from, you know, UCLA. I may, I can get an up and coming assistant. And that, that probably I, I mean, what we've learned is once you, a guy gets to a destination job, they're not generally going to leave unless they're asked to leave. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, Will Muschamp's not at South Carolina. Florida doesn't tell him to to get lost, right? Right. And uh, and so it's interesting to see that change. But you're right. I mean, these guys, they're they're uh, Jimbo Fisher was the coach in waiting at FSU. He was an assistant. He won a national title. There. You're seeing a lot more and more, a lot more of that. People are understanding that maybe I don't have to look elsewhere if I've got something pretty good on the inside. That, that Lincoln Riley hires turned out to be one of the best ones in recent yeah. memory in college football. I mean. Yeah. I don't I don't know how they're going to do in this playoff but yeah it's it's fun to watch too. So, back to Chad Morris, when we were talking about the relationship with Gus Malzahn, um as of the recording of this, we don't know technically how the game day situation is going to work if Gus Malzahn can continue to call plays, which I assume he will cuz he said last season, hey, this past season, it was a mistake that I ever let go of the play calling duties. This is me, this is who I am. But I'm sure that Chad Morris is probably going to have more input and more credence with Gus Malzahn than maybe any other offensive coordinator he's been with. You would think so. You would think, and I was just getting a text there myself, Brandon. So now I'm, all, I'm sort of <laughs> lost. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's been fast and furious today. Re- rephrase that for me. That's the way of me saying I missed well, 90% of that question. Yeah, I'm just saying that I, I think that this relationship, as we mentioned with Gus Malzahn and, and Chad Morris, is going to make it a little bit more a little easier for maybe Chad Morris to tell Gus, hey, I don't think that'll work. Yeah, no, I agree with it. 
I definitely agree with that. We were mentioning that a little bit earlier. And, you know, also one other thing that should be noted, Chad has a great familiarity with a lot of guys on this staff. Uh, these two staffs, excuse me, how do I say this? The Clemson and Auburn staffs have always been, since Gus got to Auburn, pretty friendly with each other. Cause, right. And I think Chad was one of the big reasons why. Because when he was at Clemson, you know, I, I, I don't know if that was ever, you know, some staffs go see other staffs. And, and pick their brains. And I don't remember Correct. whether Auburn and Clemson ever shared information like that, but they've always been very friendly to each other. Uh, Chad is recruited against these guys. He knows them all. And I believe he worked, uh, worked with Kevin Steele too. Did he not? So yeah, in um, 2011, um, yeah, so they were on the they, same he knows staff. All these guys, he's well-respected here and, and he's got a, from what I'm told, he, he has a great respect for some of the guys that are at Auburn right well, now. Well, listen, so listen, yeah. You know. Listen to this. The offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator for Clemson in 2011 were Kevin Steele and, and Chad Morris. And they were the, the ones that snapped Auburn's 17-game winning streak uh, after winning the national championship there in, in Clemson. And now they're both at Auburn. You just never know how things are going to work in college football. I mean, foot, sports, sports are weird, um, especially when it comes to staffs. You just never know who's going to be where. I mean, listen – Right now, we would be talking about Chad Morris as the offensive coordinator after Hugh Freeze was the offensive coordinator at Auburn because that almost happened last year. Mm. Um, if 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 Hugh Freeze did not get that Liberty job, if that Liberty job was not open, uh, I almost can guarantee you Hugh Freeze would have been the offensive coordinator here last season. Um, well, well, what do we know about Gus? He almost every hire, Marcus Woodson, I think. Well, man, I, I take that back. That was part of his circle. It it. All these hires of his come from somebody within that circle, right? Some way or another, like Norvell, the connection to Norvell. That's Kenny Dillingham came from Mike Norvell's program. So did Marcus Woodson, uh, Chad Morrison, him or buddies. Chip Lindsey yeah. knew him from working here. So I mean, yeah. it's, it's uh, he, he's it's the guys he's comfortable with. I just personally think this is the guy he's maybe most comfortable with of them all. Yeah, even you know before he hired Kevin Steele, uh, I remember the weeks leading up to that crime dog was a guy that was going to be brought on board no matter what, pretty much. Um, and he was a you know former Ole Miss guy that Gus was very familiar with, and so was Hugh Freeze, obviously. And, uh, um, you know, so Gus even dabbles with that um, from that standpoint on defense when everybody just thinks he's an offensive guy. But it's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, here in the near future, though, we're still trying to figure out, you know, when is Chad going to be able to go on the you know road and start recruiting? For, for Auburn, where's he going to go recruit? Who's he going to go see? What's he going to do with 2021 kids? Obviously, because he's going to focus mostly on that from now on. Uh, but also, what can he do in the bowl game um, for Auburn? But let's start on the recruiting trail. We, we don't know when he'll start. I mean, technically, I guess he could start right now if he wanted to. A lot like Matt Luke is with Georgia, pretty much. He's, he's already on the road, apparently. Uh, what do you think... Uh, Chad will end up doing here on the recruiting trail over this next week? Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I probably go on a lot of the visits that Kenny Dillingham was going on for now, which is you've got these Juco offensive linemen. You've got two of them committed out in California, uh, working on those guys, just making sure, introducing himself, things of that nature. Look, National Signing Day, the first one is December 18th, and Auburn would like to take a second quarterback in this class. And there's not a lot of time right now. There have been two targets that we know of. Uh, and one of them is a kid named Jacoby Criswell, who's committed to North Carolina, actually, actually is from Arkansas. Uh, and right now it looks like Auburn's on the outside looking in. And again, things can change because Chad and Gus, Chad may have a different philosophy and he may be able to convince Gus, no, this is what I want, not that. 
Uh, but Jacoby Criswell, uh, we we think right now is probably not part of the equation. So that brings us to another quarterback they've been actively recruiting, a kid named Chandler Morris. If the last name sounds familiar, it's because it's Chad Morris's kid. Okay, four-star quarterback from Dallas. I think he won a state title as a junior, threw for gosh over seventy-five hundred yards the last two seasons, and he was here at the Iron Bowl with his dad. But I, I think. From what we're being told, he's probably leaning toward going somewhere else right now. And, and I can understand that for the simple fact that he understands more than anybody the volatility of this coaching profession. Right. He was committed to Arkansas to play for his dad, who then got fired, and that shook up his entire recruitment and his entire world. So right now, I think Chandler's probably leaning towards somewhere like an Oklahoma. Um, so Auburn, uh, Chad, and Gus probably have some guys in mind. They may try to sneak in a visit this week. The good news is I, quite frankly, they're not going to be able to get anybody in the next week. So they, they've still right. got the, month, the whole month of January, basically, and December with phone calls. You can't visit anybody uh, after next weekend, but excuse me, after this weekend. But in January, the whole month of December, you can reach out to people who didn't sign early. Then you can visit them in January. So there's going to be a lot of that, too. Now, the question is, I think in the interim, he'll probably stick with Dillingham's locations, right, uh, which is a lot of South Georgia uh, is one in the national as an offensive coordinator. And again, obviously Auburn has commitments in California. So basically we don't really know exactly what he's going to be doing, but that would be the main thing. Get out to those offensive recruits, introduce yourself, go see Tank Bigsby if you can. I, I think Auburn was scheduled to see the five-star running back commit Tuesday, which is today as we're recording. And I don't know if that's still going to happen or not. We don't, for all we know, Chad's already out there. I, I don't know. Sure. Uh, but th these are people you want to introduce yourself to, Get in, the, get to know them personally. Now Auburn's got a big official visit weekend coming up, but it's mainly commits. That's perfect too because you can kind of get to know those guys uh, on a personal level, face to face. And uh, long term, you could again see another shift in Auburn's recruiting strategy. Chad has recruited a lot of Florida in the past and a lot of Georgia, uh, so who knows? You know, they they may redraw up their areas to kind of fit his needs. So a lot of times, you want your coordinators to be sort of close to home. Uh, but, you know, Kenny Dillingham was recruiting all over the country. So that's what we don't know. There's a lot of unknowns, but the main thing is to get acquainted with the guys you got committed. Uh, and like Jeremy Flax, who's an offensive lineman that visited mm -hmm. last weekend and they now lead for him. He's going to visit yeah. Kentucky this, this weekend. So when Auburn goes and sees him this week, perhaps Chad goes, Hey, look, I'm the new OC. You don't know me. You were just on your official visit, but let's get to know each other a little bit over these couple of hours, you know? My guess is he's already probably started making phone calls and a lot of them. Yeah. You know, the thing with, uh, you mentioned Kenny Dillingham and his recruiting it, being more national. He, he had a lot of connections out West from his days Correct. at Arizona yep. state. So he was hitting the Juco's there pretty, pretty hard. And that's where Auburn got, you know, a couple of their offensive linemen that are coming in here, uh, pretty soon. I, I would think that would change a little bit, obviously under Chad Morris, uh, that, they're going to be sticking to the Florida and Georgia areas and not going out west as much as they've they've had, unless you know it's JUCO route and they get they hear some things. But I think Kenny yeah, Dillingham was, just had some out, good connections there. He did, and that was also out of need too. I mean, it was right. a combination of things, you know. Uh, but, but Chad will be active. Uh, he'll, he'll definitely be active. I just we just don't know exactly where he's going yet. We're trying to get our arms around all that, right? Yeah, you know, and the big question on the football side of things is, you know, I've, I hear this idea out there from a lot of people of, well, the only problem with Gus's offense, people say, is that the the passing routes and the trees, is, the passing concepts, I should say, 
uh, are too simple and they need to be expanded. A lot like some people compare it to what LSU has done this year with Joe Brady, who just won the Broyles Award for the top assistant coach in the country. Um, and obviously that LSU offense was just insane nuts this season. I don't, you know, listen, Chad Morris's offense is a little bit more pass heavy than what Gus Malzahn does, but still a lot of the same concepts with the inside zone and stuff like that. I don't necessarily believe that the uh, passing concepts are more complex. I also don't know if he's going to come on board and, and Gus is like, hey, one of the big reasons why I brought you on here is to help with my passing concepts. I, I don't, Gus's offense is what it is. I, I I don't know if it's going to change all that dramatically with passing concepts. Now, it might, because as we saw about midway through the season on to the end, the strength of this team was the passing game. And so they started throwing the ball a little bit more and, and expanding on it and doing some different things. So maybe that does happen. We just don't know until we know, until we talk to Gus Malzahn, until we maybe talk to Chad Morris and maybe some of the players and everything and and, and all that. Um, if I don't think that you'll see big changes, obviously, going into the bowl game, but what you think you're going to see is a lot like Kenny Dillingham going into the Music City Bowl last season. He's going to – Chad Morris is going to coach, uh, you know, the quarterbacks a lot. He's going to get to know the guys first, but he's going to be dealing with the quarterbacks a lot. And Gus knows what he wants out of the quarterbacks in the system. And so I think the transition here is going to be pretty smooth going into uh, this bowl game. Uh, more than anything, I don't think they're going to be like, hey, let's get together and let's just blow the doors off Minnesota with some crazy new ideas. I don't think you do that. But I, I think what you do is, like a lot of coaches, and I mean, they do this already, the, the first week of ball practices are pretty much a spring practice. They use it to develop the younger kids, get a look at some guys that didn't necessarily practice a lot this year outside of scout team stuff. And that'll be an opportunity for Chad Morris to work with some of these guys, mold them a little bit, get to know them. And then also maybe Gus Malzahn, he, you know, kind of sit down, go, let's implement a few things and just test it out with these guys and see how they handle it during this one week. And we're probably not going to utilize it obviously in the ball game, but it gives us a little bit of a head start and kind of a taste test of what this spring could look like when they get, get to the spring. Yeah, I could see all that. You know more than that. I mean, you know more than I do on that, but uh, it makes sense. I mean, they're just trying to get familiarized with everything. I think it's beneficial that he was at the Iron Bowl. He saw firsthand some of the things they're capable of doing. He saw some of the throws that Bo is capable of making, some of the runs Bo is capable of making. Uh, he got a firsthand look. It's one thing to watch it on television. It's another to see it from the end zone, which, quite frankly, when they're on your side of the field, is actually better than being on the 50-yard line in terms of watching plays right. develop and how guys block and how guys handle certain things. So uh, I think he's got a little bit of a head start. And obviously, he's I mean, coached against Auburn the last couple of years, and he, uh, he's got a pretty good familiarity with these guys. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm sure, as we said, that uh, Chad Morris, if he isn't already on the ground running, he will be soon. And we'll have much more coverage of Chad Morris and what's going to be happening in the coming days and weeks as Auburn moves ahead in the postseason with ball practices about to begin. And also on the recruiting trail, uh, plenty of recruiting coverage from Keith uh, and Jason Caldwell at auburn.247sports.com. As, as, as Keith said, uh, early signing periods coming up a week uh, from uh, tomorrow. So that's uh, next Wednesday. It's incredible how fast it is. It's really that early signing period has really changed things these last few years. It's amazing. The early signing period pretty much is signing day. And then the 
February signing period is like an afterthought now. I never thought I'd see the day. It's very different. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us on this conversation about Chad Morris, Auburn's new offensive coordinator. We'll see you down the road. No one has it covered like 24-7 sports. Go undercover with Auburn Undercover. Auburn Undercover.